welcome to today's episode of Messing with Media, the show where we will bunch up five random movies or other media that our host has recently seen. Our host will then rank the movies from best to worst based on five unfinished sentences. Each sentence is directly correlated to a media-themed category. Each category determines where that movie ranks. First, let's take a look at our five categories and their ranking. Going from worst to best, they are VHS, Laserdisc, Betamax, DVD, and Blu-ray. Or even better, the title of 4K Blu-ray. Five movies, five sentences. Now, please welcome your host, Steve. Hey, hey, how is everybody doing today? Fantastic, I hope. Now that you are all caught up on the rules, let's meet and get to know a little bit about today's contestants on... Messing with Media! Right after this short break. Uh, boss? We don't have any sponsors who paid for this time slot. Welcome back to the show that's not a show. I've titled today's episode, It's a Cruel, Cruel World. The title came before this thought, but I like to think of it as a light play on or spin off of the song Mad World by Gary Jules. I won't go into the meaning of that song, but when I looked at the most common theme for the titles in this episode, it was of people being victims of outside and or internal forces. There is a wide variety of that theme. As you will shortly see, there is a wide spectrum of movie selections in this episode. Without Freddy ado, let's meet our contestants. First up is the movie Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street from 2007. Which currently resides on Hulu. It's a gothic-style drama told in the form of a musical slasher, with its roots going back to the dramatic writings of the story titled The String of Pearls, a Romance. From late 19th century Britain, it is rated R, and from Rotten Tomatoes, it says, Evil Judge Turpine, played by actor Alan Rickman, lusts for the beautiful wife of a London barber, actor Johnny Depp, and transports him to Australia for a crime he did not commit. Returning after 15 years and calling himself Sweeney Todd, the now madman vows revenge applying his razor to unlucky customers and shuttling the bodies down to Mrs. Lovett, played by actress Helena Bonham Carter, who uses them in her meat pie shop. Though many fall to his blade, he will not be satisfied until he splits Turpine's throat. Up next is the movie The Big Lebowski from the year 1998. Which is currently available on Netflix. It's a crime comedy rated R. And as IMDb eloquently states, Jeff the Dude Lebowski, mistaken for a millionaire of the same name, seeks restitution for his ruined rug and enlists his bowling buddies to help get it. Next is the movie The Nun from the year 2018. Which can currently be streamed on HBO Max. It's a horror mystery thriller. It's rated R. And I say that it says... After a model... He wasn't a model? Oh. After a French-Canadian farmer 
discovers a nun's suicide outside of a convent in Romania. The Vatican sends a priest and a young novitiate, which is a pre-nun, so to speak, to investigate a possible secret withheld from even the Vatican. Once arrived, they risk everything as they are confronted by a demonic force which prefers to present itself in the form of a demonic nun. Up next is the movie Croupier from the year 1998. Which can currently be found on Netflix. It's a noir crime mystery drama. It is not rated, but I'd call it an R. And thanks to a mashup of the Rotten Tomatoes description and Wikipedia's plot synopsis, it says the cynical Jack Manfred, played by actor Clive Owen, is an aspiring writer who, to make ends meet, takes a job as a croupier. Jack remains an observer, knowing that everything in life is a gamble and that gamblers are born to lose. As the job takes over his life and his writings, a mysterious lady enters. As Jack weighs the odds of participating in criminal activities, he allows his alter ego, Jake, to take more and more control over his actions. Our last entry is the movie Take Shelter from 2012. Which is currently available on Amazon Prime. It's a drama, mystery, thriller, rated R, and according to IMDb says, plagued by a series of apocalyptic visions, a young husband and father questions whether to shelter his family from a coming storm or from himself. Before I begin, remember... I am allowed one pass for the primary five categories. If a pass is used, I must use one of my lifelines, those being film and digital copy. VHS or Laserdisc must be chosen for my first slot. Today, I begin by taking out the trash. The Nun. Lock it in. VHS. The secret sentence is, no, I do not recommend blank. I actually did not hate the setup for the movie. However, I did laugh at the first big scare once the movie's opening setup was finished with. Haley and I will be talking about all of the Conjuring movies soon enough, so check out that episode, and I'll just say that the logic of this movie is very flawed. This is supposed to be a horror movie that you go to the theaters in order to get a good scare and munch on some popcorn. Unfortunately, the story feels very rushed just to get us from one scare to the next without much context as to why or how this universe is supposed to work. And in regards to the scares, there is little to no tension being built and they end as quickly as they begin. A small part of me did not want to throw this movie in the trash, but with Rotten Tomatoes scores from the critics and the audience being at 24% and 34% respectively, no. I do not recommend you watch The Nun. This one was easy for me. These next four movies, however, all have very strong cases to be recommended in the highest of regards. So to the sentences I go for guidance. And I've looked at my board, and of the remaining sentences and my thoughts on the movies, and although I could match up three of the remaining four movies with this next sentence, I really think that I need to use this movie as my next selection, but it also fits better with Betamax, which means I'm going to use my pass on Laserdisc and lock in my next selection. Betamax. The secret sentence is, you could watch 
blank and or you could watch any of these three similar movie options croupier i found the narration of the film which is our main protagonist to be odd and even confusing jack tells the story from a position where he already knows the events often referring to himself in the third person, but other times the narration is his internal dialogue as the events are unfolding. There isn't any narrative tool implemented that separates these two different narratives. It's simply up to us to figure out, and I don't think that decision added to the story in any significant way. After 20 minutes, I wrote a note that simply stated, I don't know what I'm watching. As in, there was no direction as to why I was watching the movie yet. Once into the second act, I did note that I caught on to what the ultimate theme would be, as in the beginning, Jack's boss, I think, said something along the lines that there is a corruption up and down the entire chain of business. I think most people would catch on to this, and I appreciate that they trusted the audience to do so without explaining it through exposition. I didn't feel like the ending twist, I suppose, was amazing. However, that sort of fits this story anyways. The movie had this very James Bond-like vibe for me, except for without all of the guns, action, and gadgetry, which leaves you with a lot of ladies who are, without necessary cause, always attracted to our protagonist, espionage, and a certain style. Think of the earlier Bond films, not the more recent stuff. With that in mind, you could watch Croupier, or you could also watch any of these three similar movie options. The first is Rounders, which is also from 1998. It is a crime drama, not a noir like Croupier. However, it's also largely based around a gambling. I think Rounders has more depth to the story, and it also creates a character that you're actually rooting for which I prefer. You're not really rooting for or against Jack and Croupier. Boiler Room from the year 2000. Boiler Room doesn't hit the gambling theme as on the nose as these other selections. It's more closely related to The Wolf of Wall Street as far as the literal context within the movie. It's a great crime drama with more thrill than Croupier provides. And the third option would be Shade from 2003. This movie is more Ocean's Eleven because it focuses on an entire crew versus a single man. However, in common with Croupier, it's a film noir and once again deals with gambling, specifically poker, like Rounders does. It was a very close call between these next two. I'm going to lock in Sweeney Todd with my wildcard. Digital copy. The secret sentence is if blank. Sounds like something you'd like. Add it to your list. I should come clean and let you know, I was cooking and eating for the first 40 minutes of this movie, which may have hurt my opinion of the movie a little bit. What I like about musicals, which this movie is, is when the music is engaging, memorable, fun, or at the least is sung by someone with an astonishing voice. I appreciate and prefer that a musical does what this movie does and has the actors doing their own singing, everyone saying their own parts. However, I would have preferred they prioritized the quality of their actors' singing ability over their star power. Johnny Depp and the boy who helps Mrs. Lovett were really the only two that had truly good singing voices. 
I felt the songs in large part were boring. Too often it was just dialogue being sung. There were some exceptions in the second half of the movie that I noted that I liked. There was a certain level of engagement in some of the scenes thanks to how closely they were able to imitate that experience you get at a live theater. The visuals during the song By the Sea were simply exquisite, and I should probably inform you that there is a lot of blood in this movie. In conclusion, it is a bloody musical with average singing, but it also has a very interesting, unique, and often enough engaging story that has all of the tragedy and drama of a play written by William Shakespeare. And so... If Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, sounds like something you would like, add it to your list. That brings us down to our final two, duking it out for today's number one spot. It's surprisingly a close call, which was not my intent at all when I chose to watch this movie. In fact, I was hoping for Twister 2.0 when I blind-picked this movie based on the cover. With that, I will lock it in. Take shelter. The secret sentence is blank gets my recommendation. I didn't take many notes, in part because of what my first note here will imply. This movie is extremely captivating from the get-go. It doesn't waste any time capturing your attention. That was the only positive note I wrote, so I will add to it. Obviously, I really liked this movie, and I thought that the acting was excellent. Of the remaining six notes, two of them were about the CGI birds in this movie. I actually couldn't tell if they were birds or not the first time that they showed up on the screen. It's unfortunate because it takes you out of the film when they appear, both times. The quality of the CGI birds is very reminiscent of the bees in the movie, in the 2002 movie, Killer Bees. That's free on YouTube if you want to see what I'm comparing these damned birds with. Of the four remaining notes, two were essentially small disappointments. At one point, our protagonist says, Is anyone seeing this? As he comes to a realization. Unfortunately, they sort of ruined the moment with that exposition. It was very clear what was going on in that scene in our character's head without anything needing to be said out loud. The second note was me being sarcastic as I wrote, Way too Hollywood! She set a pan that was just on the stovetop, directly on their wooden table. I'm done with this movie. I may have had a second strong drink while I was watching this movie, and I had just gotten done editing my episodes for my review of The Grey, where I had to hear myself say the words Too Hollywood a few too many times, so... It was a good release. It's good to mock yourself sometimes. One of my last two notes was about the ending. At first, I didn't like it at all. I still don't know that I love it, but I do love what it represents for this story. Blah, 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 blah. I turned to Google shortly after the movie, so I have to give credit to Barry of thisisbarry.com. That is thisisbarry.com. The ending is a dream, and the clues are definitely there. Without spoiling anything, this dream is different from the other dreams in the movie. It's a hopeful ending because what the dream means is that he is not alone anymore. He has his family on his side now, and they understand. After seeing this movie, I encourage you to read Barry's analysis on this final dream if you have any doubts that it is a dream. I don't see any other explanation. 
The context is 100% there in the movie. It's why I got curious enough to Google things. They could not be where they are at. The last little note about this movie is that it is definitely a movie of its time period. Wrapping up production in 2011, I assume, this movie would have been made pretty shortly after the market crash of 2008, and given that context, I think it makes the movie better if you were around in that time period and... You know, if you remember some of those survival shows that were so big on TV in that time period. Regardless of some of my minor issues, Take Shelter gets my recommendation. Let's lock the last one in, boys. The secret sentence is, I think you should watch blank. I really enjoyed it. The Big Lebowski. I did not expect this movie to get the top seed going into watching it, nor did I after watching it. But there is something about this movie that is so very enjoyable and made me genuinely laugh a few times. Not snort or chuckle. There were a couple of truly deserved laughs from the good. I've come across this movie countless times while it was already playing on TV, and it never got me hooked. If you've had a similar experience, don't let that deter you. It's just a movie that needs to be seen from the front to the back, at least the first time you watch it. I thought the dialogue was off the chains, in part thanks to the amazing acting and delivery from everyone involved. Most notably are the scenes with Steve Buscemi, John Goodman, and Jeff Bridges. I don't understand how the Coen brothers came up with such a casual and comfortable way to deliver such a weird setup to this movie, but they did. There were several dream sequences in the movie, which served as nice interludes for a movie that is both on the longer side and is largely dialogue. I had three notes that I would like to share that really point out what this movie is. The first was around the midway point, where I made an observation. All these people are doing things, and the dude just sort of happens to be in the middle of it all and just happens to always take the hit for everyone else's actions. The second note was, As this movie is coming to a conclusion, I'm left wondering, what is my takeaway from this movie? What happened? And after a moment of pondering on that question, I came to the answer of, Things just, like, happen, man. And that's life. The third note was, well, I guess I spoke slash wrote too soon, but I was basically dead on. The movie is The Ramble. That makes sense if you see the movie. I had written that previous note in time that I finished it before the movie literally explains itself. I'll leave you to watch the movie for that explanation if you've never seen it, because I think you should watch The Big Lebowski. I really enjoyed it. Let's do a recap from the worst to the best based on this ranking system. In fifth place with a VHS was The Nun. In fourth place with a Betamax was Croupier. In third place with a digital copy was Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. In second place with a DVD was Take Shelter. And in first place with a Blu-ray was The Big Lebowski. But that's just, like, my opinion, man. I'd also be happy to know what your opinion, man, was, which you can always express if you tweet me at Extreme Movie and let me know what order you would rank these five movies in. As always, thanks for joining us on... Messing with Media!
which currently can be found on Netflix. It's a noir crime mystery drama. It's not rated, but I caught it, huh? It thinks to mashup of the Rotten Tomatoes description and Wikipedia's plot synopsis, it says the cynical Jack Manfred, played by actor Clive Owen, is an aspiring writer who, uh, to make ends meet, takes a job as a croupier. Jack Man's an observer, knowing that everything in life is a gamble and that gamblers are born to lose. As the job takes over his life and his writing, some mysterious lady enters. As Jack weighs the odds of participating in criminal activities, he he allows his alter ego, Jake, to make more and more control over his actions.